At the Last Supper, Jesus is preparing the disciples for his passion, death, and resurrection. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Thomas does not seem to know where Jesus is going. He wants Jesus to give him directions so he can find the place. But the Father's house is not a building. It's the Father's heart. Jesus is speaking about dwelling together. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. There's another reference to my Father's house in in chapter 2 of John's Gospel. It's when Jesus entered the temple. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my Father's house a marketplace. Of course, the Jewish authorities challenged Jesus, what sign can you show us for doing this? And Jesus answered, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. But they said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you'll raise it up in three days? And then John adds this. Later, the disciples remembered that Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. So Jesus is changing the location of his father's house from the temple to the temple of his body. And we are being built up, as we heard in today's second reading, into a spiritual house. There are so many dwelling places because there are so many of us. Today's gospel is part of a long farewell speech before the Passion begins. So it's Holy Thursday. We're at the Last Supper. When any of us accept the reality that our life is coming to an end, we make certain preparations. The Italian poet Luigi Santucci, in his book Meeting Jesus, points out that if we love someone and have something to leave, we make our will. In our case, we ask for pen and paper. But Christ went and fetched a bowl of water and poured water into the receptacle. The will starts here. And here, with the last foot dried, it could well finish. Bent over a sheet of paper, we write, I bequeath my house, my land, to Jesus, bent over a bowl of water, removed the dirt from the feet of his friends. Christ chose to begin saving us from below. Afterward, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Santucci continues reflecting on the example Christ gave us. If I had to choose, he writes, some relic of the passion, I wouldn't pick up a spear or a scourge, but that round bowl of dirty water. 
to go around the world with that receptacle under my arm, looking only at people's feet. And for each one, I'd tie a towel around me, bend down, and never raise my eyes higher than their ankles so as not to distinguish friends from enemies. I'd wash the feet of atheists, drug addicts, arms dealers, the murderers, all in silence until they understood. This is the way, dying in order to rise again. This is a universal path, the path of descent. There is no path to glory except through suffering and death. This is what Jesus said to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Our reading from 1 Peter moves in this same direction. Peter is also speaking about the change in location of the Father's house from the temple to the body of Christ. Come to Christ, a living stone, and like living stones, be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. In the first chapter of Mark's Gospel, Jesus spends a whole day in Capernaum. And in the middle of that day, Jesus and his disciples enter the house of Simon Peter, and Jesus heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Today in Capernaum, there is a church built over the first century stone foundations of what is thought to be Simon Peter's house. There are glass panels in the floor of the church so that you can look down and see that foundation. And what you see is there is no mortar holding the stones together. These are living stones the stones were rubbed together until they fit perfectly. It's only when we rub up against one another or are forced to do so that we learn what real charity and real community are all about. Only then are we able to grow and change and to fit together in a way that is strong, sturdy, and durable for the long haul. We are living a very different life in this COVID-19 pandemic. We're not really sure what normal will be on the other side. While we're not able to come to church, we might begin to reimagine what it means to be church. <clears throat> the church building is a space set aside for celebrating the presence of God among us. Imagine yourselves then as sacred places and spaces. Let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Christ chose to begin saving us from below. The living stones of the church are built on the stone that the builders rejected, which has become the very head of the corner. You 
are the body of Christ. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of God who called you out of darkness into God's marvelous light.